Hello, this is Pastor Logan, and welcome once more to our Wednesday evening study of the Bible. Uh, we are continuing our journey in the book, Celebration of Disciplines by Richard J. Foster. So let's pray and let's get right into it. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this evening. We thank you for once more an opportunity to come before you and grow and learn and develop and renew our minds and learn some things that maybe we've not learned before or knew before and uh, build these disciplines into our lives so that we can experience more of you and experience uh, your call upon each one of our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for it. I ask that you think through my mind this evening and speak through my lips. You take authority over every demonic entity, every foul, every unclean spirit that try to interrupt our time here and the time of anyone that's listening. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, well, welcome again. And uh, again, we're glad to have you here with us. I want to ask a question before we get started that uh, goes along with this lesson here. And, and that is this. Um, what if uh, you uh, had chains and you were bound to a pole and, um, and somehow you broke free? Somehow the chains were loosened off of you. Uh, you still had the chains around your, 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 ankles, your ankles and your wrist. Uh, and you still had the, the chains. You had nothing to really cut them off. Uh, so even though you were free and you could go, uh, the chains were still an encumbrance to you. And uh, many times as you were walking around, maybe uh, as you were getting away, as it were, uh, maybe you got caught up in a vine or, uh, you know, maybe you got caught between two rocks or maybe you got caught in a door. And it was just, uh, it just didn't allow you, even though you had been set free, it still, you weren't as free as you could be. Uh, would you seek uh, someone who possibly had a chain, uh, a key, or, or could uh, some type of tool to, to loosen those, um, the rest of those chains off of you? Would you seek that help? And be careful before you answer that, uh, because here's the deal. Uh, many of us, God sets us free. In other words, we receive Jesus Christ, and we've been translated out of the kingdom of the enemy, kingdom of darkness, and placed in the kingdom of God's dear son. Uh, but it's unfortunate that many of us still carry those chains around with us still. Even though we're progressing, we're moving forward. We're not moving forward uh, to the degree uh, that we could. We're not moving forward as fluidly as we possibly could. And I think a lot of it has to do with what we're going to talk about tonight. And, and you know as well as I do, if it were literal chains and we knew someone it could loose us from these chains and we would go to them and we would ask or we wouldn't feel intimidated. We wouldn't care if they knew that, you know, we once were in chains, we were once in bondage. No, we would seek their help because if they've got an answer, if they, if they can have a key or if they have a tool that can loosen those chains off of us so that we could run freer, uh, we would go to them and we really wouldn't care from whence we've come because we're more concerned about where we're going and what God wants to do with us or where we're trying to get to our destiny more than we are with our past. And so today we're going to talk about more of the discipline of confession. <clears throat> and a lot of what I said is analogous to what we're talking about when it comes to uh, confession. And we're not talking about confession as in uh, the things that we've learned uh, to speak the word of God. You know, the Bible tells us to say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and not doubt in our hearts. But believe that those things we say or confess shall come to pass. 
will have whatsoever we say. So that's one part and a big part, a humongous part. Matter of fact, if I were comparing the two, I would say that this is 95% what I just talked about. And the other 5% is another kind of confession that is needful and necessary at times in our life. And so let's dig into it a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about um, the authority uh, to forgive, the authority to forgive. I think last time uh, we went over one chapter of it, and it was um, um, the beginning of this. Uh, well, actually, it was the intro to this. And so let's move on from there. I'm, I'm getting caught up in, in my notes here. All right, so let's move on from there, and let's look at the authority to forgive. And I hope you're really honing in on this. I hope you've got your notes in front of you. There's some notes that we provide for you. But also, you know, sometimes scribbling, a little scribing will help also to kind of get it into your mind even more. So here we go. Number one, the followers of Jesus Christ have been given the authority to receive the confession of sin and to forgive in his name. If you forgive the sins of any, this is the scripture, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John chapter 20, verse 23. What a wonderful privilege. Why do we shy away from such a life-giving ministry? If we, not out of merit but sheer grace, have been given the authority to set others free, how dare we withhold this great gift? So it's talking about here the authority to forgive. The, you and I as believers, <clears throat> we walk upon this earth like in the stead as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we are to, in his name, offer that to others is the authority or the, the forgiveness uh, to loose the bonds, the chains from their life that, that carrying around guilt and carrying around unforgiveness will do to. It entraps us. It keeps us bound. And, and we are those who carry a key that will release others from, from that. And so, so there's two things going on here. Number one, we have that power to, to release those people who are carrying sins because as we talked about in our in, in, in service, you know, faith is, is, is um, you know, we don't walk by our feelings, but sometimes people need a person in front of them, depending on the level of your faith. Not everyone, but some people need somebody to, to, to speak into life. Sometimes it's just you can't get over it, and I just need someone to say these things to, another brother, another sister. And we'll get more into that as we move along, especially in the, in the latter part of this chapter. So this is something that you and I as believers carry along. And so we should be open and open enough that people will want to come to us to seek uh, those chains being snapped off of their life. Number two, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, our brother has been given to us to help us. He hears the confession of our sins in Christ's dead, and he forgives our sins in Christ's name. He keeps the secret of our confessions as God keeps it. And here's a part that I really want to grab hold to. When I go to my brother to confess, I am going to God. Such authority is no, in no way threatens the value or efficacy of private confession. In other words, God has put us down here as his body. We are the body of Christ. 
And so healing is in us. You know, my body really produces in itself the healing, the healing it produces in my body right now. If, if, if a cold comes upon my body, then given enough time, the, the, my body will resist that, those cold, that, that virus, and it will push it away within itself. My body will do that. Well, God, we are the body of Christ, and if there's healing needed in the body, the body can produce the healing. The, our bodies, our brothers and sisters in Christ, have what you and I need. They have the keys. They have the, the, the chain breakers. They have that in them. But many times we are so consumed with fear and pride that we don't want to go to them for help. We don't want to seek help. We'd rather just keep on carrying these chains. We're moving forward, but we're moving so very slowly, you know. And, but we're okay with moving slowly. But the problem of just moving slowly is sometimes we never get to the end. We never get to our destiny because we've been, we, we're, we're tired by the time we get halfway. We're, we're, we've kicked it, man. But God wants us to be free to move. And part of that is leaning heavily on others in the body of Christ without pretension, without wondering what they're going to think about you, without being concerned whether or not they're going to go and tell your business. You don't need to tell anyone that's going to tell your business. You need to find that very person who you can trust. But don't you be the problem by not going to someone. Someone, there, there are enough good believers out there that if you are in bondage in a particular area of your life, that you can go to and receive help. And it's within the body many times. Nothing wrong, as he says here, such authority is no way threatens the value or efficacy of private confession. In other words, going before our Heavenly Father, confessing before our Heavenly Father. But you know as well as I do, sometimes we need a little bit more. Not that God is not enough, is that we don't have enough faith to just trust God in it. And so God has his, his body there to help us kick it, help us kick the habit, help us kick the, 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 the whatever uh, that is going on in our life that is causing us not to be all that God wants us to be. It is a wonderful truth that the individual can break through into new life in the cross without the aid of any human mediator. Thank God for that. You know, thank God that there are, that he, we don't need to, but you know, there are people who have uh, strong faith. There's people who have weak faith. There's people who have sincere faith. In other words, they're moving along. They're chucking along. Uh, and there's some people who have very little faith. But God doesn't care what your faith is. What he cares about is that you and I be set free, you know, by any means necessary, meaning by whatever way we can, we can best get his uh, power into our life. Maybe it is through another individual. Maybe it is through them praying for you. Now, that's not the highest level of faith, but, but if both things are producing the same thing, what does it matter? Yeah, I want to move on to just me and God being able to receive directly from him without the assistance of man. But maybe we're not there yet. Maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe some things are bigger than others. Maybe some things I'm able to handle on my own. But maybe there's other things that I just can't seem to shake. And so I need other people. I need someone that I can speak, that I can speak to. Uh, but we also need to remember that Luther, speaking of about Martin Luther, himself believed in mutual brotherly confession in the large catechism, he writes, Therefore, when I admonish you to, uh, you to confession, I'm admonishing you to be a Christian. So he's basically telling you that even though he found out that you didn't have to go through the, 
the the the, the Vatican and go to the to the you know booth and all those things. You can go directly to God. Man has a mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. We can go to Jesus. We can go to the Heavenly Father. We are, we have that, but at the same time, there's just power in allowing the body to do what the body does, and that is to heal and to speak and to speak truth into us and to grab hold to what the body has. Number three, uh, the person who has known forgiveness and release from persistent nagging habits of sin through private confession should rejoice greatly in this evidence of God's mercy. But there are others for whom this has not happened. Let me describe what it is like. Let me ask you if this has ever been your case. Listen, we have prayed, even begged, for forgiveness. And though we hope we have been forgiven, we sense no release. We doubt our forgiveness and despair at our confession. We fear that perhaps we have made confession only to ourselves and not to God. The haunting sorrows and hurts of the past have not been healed. We try to convince ourselves that God forgives only the sin. He does not heal the memory. But deep within our being, we know there must be something more. People have told us to take our forgiveness by faith and not call God a liar. Not wanting to call God a liar, we do our best to take it by faith. But because misery and bitterness remain in our lives, we again despair. Eventually, we begin to believe either that unforgiveness is only a ticket to heaven and not meant to affect our lives now, or that we are not worthy of the forgiving grace of God. Now, a lot was said there, but again, this is talking about, you know, you, again, I said it earlier, we're at varying degrees of faith. Some people are able to receive forgiveness and, and shake off anything just by faith, just I believe that I have received it. It's mine. I have it right now. And that's good and that's grand. And that's where all of us should be going. That's where our maturity should be taking us. But what if you're not there? What if, what if you do need the assistance of others in the body? What if that is your lot? What if you 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 get out of it and you you just you're just not there yet? You know, I still feel guilty. I still feel terrible about some of the things I did in my past I, or something I've done now. I just, I, tell, I can't shake it. But God has given us others in the body that have the keys to unlock our soul from guilt and condemnation. Ultimately, we know it's God, but his body is funneling that power back into each one of us. And, and I, I truly believe that probably all of us at some point have had that kind of a scenario in our lives where we just didn't feel it. Man, I just, need, I just need someone to say something to me, to touch my life. Again, I, I'm a faith guy. I believe in faith. I believe we've walked by faith and not by our feelings. But I hadn't always been there. I hadn't always been there. And sometimes I still lean over to the feelings. And need somebody to kind of check me and or help me or speak into me or receive encouragement from me, from them. Another body. Otherwise, why would God give all these gifts into the body of Christ? Think about it. Think about, he said uh, that God gave gifts to men. And some of those gifts are not just the fivefold ministry gifts, but there's the gift of encouragement, the gift of administration, the gift of helps. 
All of those things are for the body of Christ to grow. Why would he need to give others these gifts if, if we never were going to tap into them from others? Why, why would that need? If, if we had everything that it takes, the individual piece and part of the body, then why would God even disperse his gifts to other people other than them to serve the body? To serve the body, to cause the body to be better. And that's why these gifts are, we need those who have the gift of encouragement. Man, it's wonderful to have those people that they just, man, they just walk on the scene and boom, they encourage you. And then there's those who have a, have a counseling kind of spirit. You know, they just, you just, you just feel like telling them your business. I mean, just, you just look at them and like, I just, let me tell you, man, I just, I, I shot and killed somebody yesterday. And the day before that, I, I'm just I'm joking there, but but there are those people who have that gift of grace from God that we can go to them and get the key, the doors unlocked in our lives, and so don't sweat it, don't don't feel bad about it, don't sweat it like I'm sweating. It's not reason the air in here doesn't seem to work when I get ready to minister, but don't sweat it, just receive from the gift. Part of maturing, you know what? Part of maturing in the body of Christ is being able to receive from the other gifts that are in the body. Matter of fact, when we're able to receive from the other gifts that are in the body of Christ, that is a sure sign of maturity. That's a sure sign that someone is getting more secure in who they are in Christ Jesus when they go out and are able to talk to and receive from others who are in the body of Christ. All right, number four. If there be any of you who by this if you but if there be excuse me if there be any of you who by this means cannot quiet his own conscience herein be but require further comfort of counsel let him come to me or to some other minister of God's word and open his grief God has given us our brothers and sisters and stand in Christ's stead to make God's presence and forgiveness real to us so, so again, we're reiterating the same thing over and over again, but it's, it, is, it is that. It, and for us to develop a boldness and a confidence and a certainty, why continue with the chains? Why continue moving forward bound when there's someone that can unlock the door? Why go into a quiet life of despair, lives of of, of quiet and secret despair, having to always juggle in public but in despair in private, when all of those things, all those things can get be can be loosened off of you. You and I, we, we can. And 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 the beauty of it, and we'll get over it a little further, is there are certain kinds of people that, that fit the bill to go to. And you gotta know that. You don't go to just anyone. You go to people who match, who are spiritually mature enough to handle the download that you're about to give to them and hear it and not blink one eye. Number five, the scripture teaches us all that believers are priests before God. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. At the time of Reformation, this was called the universal priesthood of all believers. One of the functions of the Old Testament priest was to bring the forgiveness and sins through the holy sacrifice. The book of Hebrews, of course, makes clear that Jesus Christ is the final and sufficient sacrifice. We know that, don't we? We know that. 
but sometimes we need a touch from man. And Jesus has given to us his priesthood, the ministry of making that sacrifice real in the hearts and the lives of human beings. That's, that's our responsibility. He's, he's called us a royal priesthood. Why would he call us that if we didn't have a function within the body to absorb and take the sins of others and offer them prayer and offer them a release from those, from those, from those sins? Not in our own power. I want to make that sure, sure you know that we're not, we're not saying that we're God and we have that. We're just saying that we function as priesthood in the priesthood of God. Number six, it is through the voice of our brothers and sisters that the word of forgiveness is heard and takes root in our, in our lives. Bonhoeffer writes, a man who confesses his sins in the presence of a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. That's powerful. And if you've ever done it before, you know exactly what that's talking about. A brother, who, uh, a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. He experiences the presence of God and the reality of, other, of, a, of the other person. As long as I am by myself in the confession of my sins, everything remains in the dark. But in the presence of a brother, the sin has to be brought into the light. You ever know that, that creatures, whether it be a mouse or roach, um, you know, whether it be a snake, when light comes, what do they do? They scatter. They leave. And sometimes we have been pestered by these nemesis of our soul, these creatures that come after us and bug us to pieces. And, and all we have to do is say, yo, um, John, will you come over? I need, I, I, I need to talk, man. I'm, I'm carrying some stuff, and it just, I can't seem to shake it. And let me just share some things with you. And if John is mature brothers, what he should be, he's going to receive you. He's going to receive what you have to say, and he's going to pray over you. He may even lay hands on you, and you're going to be so much the better after sharing that, after turning the light on that situation, after causing those roaches, those insects, those problems uh, to leave. You're going to be so much the better. I heard someone tell me this one time. They were having some real challenges uh, in their life. And they said, you know what, if I know, if I had known that it was going to be like this, meaning if I known that, that what I was going to receive after I began to bear my soul to you, if I had known this, I would have come a lot sooner. Isn't that something? Just think about it. The enemy will, will trap us into thinking it's the worst thing in the world. Don't tell anybody. Stay in the closet. Get, don't. But the very moment you reveal or share or tell, uh, what is going on in your life is the very moment you get released and you'll be saying the same thing this person said. If I had known it was going to be like this, I would have come a lot sooner. And that's what we need to do. Don't come after the, it gets piled up and gets more of it and gets so thick that you can't, you can't move anymore and you've complicated matters. Come right on, you know. Find someone that you can just air it out. Let it rip so that you can be free. All right. As long as I am myself in the confession. Okay. Number seven. First, uh, the formalized form of the printed confession does not allow for any excuses. Wait a minute. First, the formalized form of the printed confession does not allow for any excuses 
or extenuating circumstances. We must confess that we have sinned by our own fault, our own most grievous fault. Our sins cannot be called errors in judgment, nor is there any room to blame them on upbringing or family or mean neighbors. This is a reality therapy of the most of the best sort since we are so prone to blame our sins and our sinning on everybody and everything instead of taking personal responsibility for them. That's so that's so important is when you when you do confess don't feel don't feel the need to defend why you sinned. You know, just 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 put it out there. Here it is. This is what I did. You know, Oh, you know, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. My father wasn't there. My mama wasn't a good mama. Man, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is all true, maybe. All of that is probably so, but it's not going to get you free to blame other people for what is going on in your life. You and I, we must take responsibility for the decisions we've made, no matter how or what encouraged us to make those kind of decisions. Yeah, we may have to fix, we may have to walk in some forgiveness toward people who've done us wrong or people we feel like has done us wrong, but they're not the reason you are where you are. You made some decisions. Maybe those decisions, again, were highly encouraged by and affected by how you grew up, but you can no longer use that any longer as a reason for the sin that you're now in or the bondage that you keep in. And sometimes people do that. They forever want to blame somebody. Somebody's got to be blamed. I don't care who you want to blame. Those people you're blaming are not going home with you. They're not making you get up in the morning. They're not making you get into the Word of God. None of those things. They're not holding you back from freedom. You are the only one that can hold you back from freedom. And those around you may have the key, I believe do have the key, uh, if they're strong believers, to release you into a place to fulfill God's assignment for your life. So don't allow anything to get in there. You know, it, 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 it doesn't go well to be the, the blamer. It just doesn't. It, it never gets anywhere. So take responsibility. Number eight, a second advantage of the confessional is that the word of forgiveness is expected and given in absolution. The word of scripture or some similar word is actually spoken out loud. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. The penitent is then told to clear in clear authoritative words that he is totally forgiven and set free of his sin. The assurance of forgiveness is sealed in the spirit when it is spoken by a brother or sister in the name of Christ. Powerful, powerful, powerful. To fear someone else, speak God's word over your life is just powerful. So you've now forgiven and now you've got the word along with it that backs it up. That's called the body of Christ working and functioning together. Got a few more and then we'll be done. Number nine, there's a third advantage to the institutionalized confessional, namely penance. We've heard that before. We don't really talk about it much. We don't even work, you know, it's not something that we use penance. But listen to this. If penance is viewed as a way of earning forgiveness, it is dangerous indeed. In other words, I'm going to go and I'm going to take 50 stripes on my back to, to get forgiveness. That's not, that's not it. That's, that, it. That doesn't forgive you. But listen to what is being said here. But if it is seen as an opportunity to pause a moment, 
to consider the seriousness of our sin, then it has genuine merit. Today we take our offenses to the love of God far too lightly. Important. Today we take our offenses to the love of God far too lightly. If we had only a tinge of the tense of revulsion that God feels towards sin, we would be moved to holier living. God pleads with us. Oh, do not do this abominable thing that I hate. The purpose of penance is to help us move into that deeper sense of the sinfulness of sin. That is so important, and I think uh, something that we truly have to gravitate to, even when we're talking about uh, grace and how God gives us his unmerited favor. Um, th there should be something that brings about a real sorrow for doing wrong. There, there's reasons why I treat my wife the way I do. Is I don't, I, and, and if I treat her wrong, I, I want to feel sorrow behind that because I don't want to treat her bad. I don't want to, so I, I need to find a little twinge, a little tinge, a little mm that makes me feel it. Isn't that why we? Isn't that why we um, we give our children spankings? We give them spankings so that not to kill them, even though sometimes we might want to kill them, but we don't do it to kill them, and we don't do it to hurt them. We do it so that they will know that the consequences of sin, there's pain, and so there should be an element of sorrow. You have to have that, and people who don't have that. That sense of sorrow, no, no, nothing associated with it. And they go out and do things over and over again, and they never repent and never turn around. We've got to know, and it should hurt us to break God's heart. It should hurt us. It should say, God, I've hurt your heart. I've, I've, you know, I've sinned against you and you alone. And it should do something with us. And if it doesn't do that, then we'll most likely go back and do it over and over and over again because we just didn't feel anything. So that's the purpose of the, when you use that word penance. All right. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I want to leave you with this. Uh, there's a series. It's called an, an episode. Maybe some of you watched it. I kind of stumbled onto it. And I'm like, well, let me see what this is all about. And, uh, and I was just really in awe of the rawness of it. And, and it's really a clean, very clean show. No explicit language and, and, you know, no body parts and all that kind of stuff that that's in our, in our culture today relative to, to entertainment. And it's called The World's Toughest Race. I don't know if you've seen it before. Uh, I guess his name is Bear Gillis. Uh, he does it. And so these people are, are going through the country of Fiji. And they're going from one part of Fiji across the mountains. I think it's over, I think, maybe 200 miles. I couldn't really get my kilometers straight. So I think they went over 200, maybe even more miles. But it was treacherous terrain. So they went from... From, from one side to an island, because I understand Fiji is a lot of islands and it's got some mountains and it's, it's rugged. And, it's, and so they did these things and they did them as four-man teams. Sixty-six people started out. And here's what it said to me, and maybe it was because I was going through this study that it stood out even more. It, it, they had times where they just broke down. I mean, it got so tough that they broke down. But here's the deal. Not all four of them broke down at the same time. Sometimes two but not all four of them. And, and they would encourage one another. And the ones who broke down, they, they were okay with confessing, man, I'm, I'm hurting or I'm, I can't do this or I want to, you know, all of those things that just kind of come out in the toughness of life, in the toughness of the terrain. And they began to confess it. And guess what? Their body, their team came in and encouraged them. 
Not all of them made it all the way through, but all of them for the most part had their team members right there with them, standing by them side by side and encouraging them. I'm certain that if some of them were there by themselves trying to trek that thing all by themselves, number one, it would have been difficult because they didn't have their teammates there to help them. But number two, you know, they were doing it alone. They didn't have anyone encouraging them. They didn't have anyone to, to, to say, you know, you can do it. You can go. You, you, let's go. And, 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 and the beauty of it was, had they kept it all bottled in, I think they would have all never, none of them would have made it. But as they began to wear down, a teammate would come and encourage them. And, and as they wore down, they weren't afraid to confess because they all knew we're in it together. And we all were feeling the same thing. And we were all were going through the same pain. And we've all done the same things. And so what, it doesn't hurt to say that I'm hurting because all of us have hurt. It doesn't say, hurt to say I'm, I, I'd like to quit because all of us have said I'd like to quit. And so I say that to you to say that you can make it to the other side, but you need the body of Christ. You need us brothers and sisters. I need brothers and sisters that I can, I can, that can speak into my life and can say, you know what, that I can confess and, and, and know that they have had similar experiences in their own life so that I need not be afraid. You know, I'm not the only Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, that there are others that may, I, that you and I are able to speak to and, and they release us from any bondage, anything that's holding us back. I hope you take this to heart today. And if you need to, even today, go find that one person, you know, uh, that you can say, you know what? You know, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm having a difficult time. And, and here's what I've been doing. Or I'm struggling, you know, uh, on the job or... I have a real difficult time keeping my eyes straight, and or I have a difficult time, you know, I, I've been, been drinking, and or, you know, all types of things that, that could be going on, or somebody, you know, that you're feeling kind of weak in a particular area, say it, and you'll find out there's tremendous relief that will come. So I pray for you. I pray that you, you, that you uh, will find boldness and know that it's okay to confess. We're going to get back on this again next week, God willing. And thank you for listening in. Uh, this is our Wednesday evening. If you uh, uh, care to give, you're, you're, most, you're, you're free to do so. Um, and so there should be a place to give, www.newdaycc.com. You can give there. You can take the online app or you can text it in or however you do it. You can just send it in. Also remember that we have Bible study, I mean, uh, uh, church uh, this Sunday, uh, 8 o'clock, 8.30 and 10 o'clock. You're welcome to come to any of those. And remember... You know, if you're, if you're okay and you feel comfortable, remember that it's okay. We're going to be here. We've got masks on. We're going to guide you in. We're going to go out separate doors. You're gonna do, you, you will be safe here. And we're in for an hour max on both services, and you're more than welcome to come. And if you're, uh, you're more than welcome to be our guest as well. Have a wonderful evening. I love you. I appreciate it. Father, thank you for each and every person listening this evening. We thank you for those who are giving into New Day Christian Church. Father, we declare that they shall prosper and you will increase their capacity to do more good because you said in your word, it is as we give, it will be given to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto us. Thank you so much, Father, for being all that we need. You are our resource. You are everything to us. We bless you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, remember this Friday we will have our, our uh, prayer time at noon, high noon. 
uh, please join us. It's just a quick word of encouragement uh, and another um, just building faith in prayer. Love you. God bless you.